the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Today on Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton. The seed of the woman will crush the head of the serpent. That's the first prophecy or the first promise in the Bible about this Messiah that will come, the Savior that will come. And there are over 300 prophecies in the Old Testament describing this Messiah who would come. All of the Old Testament is preparatory and predictive of the Messiah. Today, Pastor Don is going to begin a new series in the book of Matthew. This book was written to show the Jews that Jesus is indeed the Messiah they have been waiting for. There's a heavy emphasis on the Messianic prophecies of the Old Testament and how Jesus fulfills every one of them. In Matthew chapter 1, you are going to see that even his birth and his family line are fulfillments of the Old Testament prophecies. So come along as we dive in together to see how God worked out his salvation plan. Now, here's Pastor Dan in the book of Matthew chapter 1 for today's edition of Ring of Truth. Turn with me to Matthew chapter 1, or me, Matthew chapter 1. When we first started the church, we began, you know, Sunday morning with Matthew chapter 1. It was the first first sermon on the first Sunday, and I remember at some point early on, a guy said to me after church, are you just going to keep teaching verse by verse like this? I I don't think he was on board with what we were doing. Uh, (laughs) And I said, I said, yes. He said, uh, what happens when you finish? Do you just shut down the church? And I said, no, we'll start over. And we're starting over today with the New Testament. I wish that guy was here. I think he died at some point. <laughs> you know, uh, it just took us so long. You know, we lost some people along the way, I guess. But Matthew chapter 1, we're also going to look at 2 Samuel 7. If you want to go ahead and find that in your Bible so you can turn there when the time comes. And Genesis 17. 2 Samuel 7, Genesis 17, Matthew 1, 2 Samuel 7, Genesis 17, Matthew chapter 1, verse 1, the book of the genealogy of Jesus Christ, the son of David, the son of Abraham. Abraham begot Isaac, Isaac begot Jacob, and Jacob begot Judah and his brothers, We just studied that in Genesis. Judah begot Perez and Zerah by Tamar. Perez begot Hezron, and Hezron begot Ram. Ram begot Aminadab. Aminadab begot Nashon. Nashon begot Salmon, not salmon. (laughs) I might beget some salmon this afternoon on the grill. 
Solomon, Solomon begot Boaz by Rahab, Boaz begot Obed by Ruth, Obed begot Jesse, and Jesse begot David the king. David the king begot Solomon by her who had been the wife of Uriah. Solomon begot Rehoboam, Rehoboam begot Abiah, Abiah begot Asa, Asa begot Jehoshaphat, Jehoshaphat begot Joram, Joram begot Uzziah, Uzziah begot Jotham, and Jotham begot Ahaz, and Ahaz begot Hezekiah, and Hezekiah begot Manasseh, Manasseh begot Amon, and Amon begot Josiah. Josiah begot Jeconiah and his brothers about the time they were carried away to Babylon. And after they were brought to Babylon, Jeconiah begot Salathiel, and Salathiel begot Zerubbabel, and Zerubbabel begot Abud, Abud begot Eliakim, Eliakim begot Azor, and Azor begot Zadok, and Zadok begot Achim, Achim begot Eliud, Eliud begot Eleazar, Eleazar begot Methan, Methan begot Jacob, and Jacob begot Joseph, the husband of Mary, of whom was born Jesus, who is called Christ. So all the generations from Abraham to David are 14 generations, and from David until the captivity in Babylon are 14 generations, and from the captivity in Babylon until the Christ are 14 generations. So I want to begin today by just giving you a brief introduction to the Gospel of Matthew. The author of the Gospel of Matthew is the Holy Spirit. (laughs) The Holy Spirit is the author. The human writer is the Apostle Matthew. He's also called Matthew the tax collector. He's also called Levi in the other Gospels. You know, each of the four Gospels gives the same account of the life, ministry, death, and resurrection of Jesus Christ, but from four different perspectives. The four Gospels are are perfectly harmonious. They don't contradict each other at all. There's no contradictions but each have a different emphasis. Four eyewitnesses recounting an event that they witnessed, they would have the same account, but they would include different details. And that's the way it is with the Gospels. The emphasis of Mark's Gospel is Jesus as the suffering servant. Luke's Gospel emphasizes the humanity of Jesus, or Jesus the Son of Man. John's gospel emphasizes the deity of Jesus, or Jesus, the Son of God. Matthew writes his gospel to a Jewish audience, and Matthew presents Jesus as the promised Messiah and King of the Jews. Again, Matthew's audience is Jewish, primarily, and his message is Jesus is the promised Messiah and king of the Jews. That's the theme of the book. Now, what do I mean that Jesus is the promised Messiah? Well, the central personality of the Old Testament is this coming Messiah and great king. Going all the way back to the book of Genesis, Genesis chapter 3, verse 15, where it says that the seed of the woman will crush the head of the serpent, That's the first prophecy or the first promise in the Bible about this Messiah that will come, the Savior that will come. And there are over 300 
prophecies in the Old Testament describing this Messiah who would come. All of the Old Testament is preparatory and predictive of the Messiah. In Luke chapter 24, after the resurrection of Jesus Christ, uh, Jesus met with the two disciples that were on the road to Emmaus. And in Luke 24, verse 27, it says that Jesus expounded in all the scriptures the things concerning himself. In all the scriptures, all of the Old Testament, it's all about Jesus Christ. That's one reason why it's beneficial for you to study the Old Testament. Uh, That's one reason why we study the Old Testament here on Thursday nights, because all of the Old Testament is pointing to and preparing for Jesus and setting the stage for this Messiah, for this King that we know as Jesus Christ, for him to come. Again, Matthew was written to a Jewish audience to present Jesus as the Messiah and the king of the Jews that is predicted throughout the Old Testament. You know, Matthew directly cites or alludes to the Old Testament over 129 times, more than the other Gospels by far. Uh, We'll see that Matthew often uses a phrase that it might be fulfilled. He'll talk about something that Jesus did and then he'll say that it might be fulfilled that it might be fulfilled what was spoken by the Lord through the prophets, or what, uh, that it might be fulfilled what was spoken by the prophet Isaiah, or some similar expression, that it might be fulfilled. Matthew is showing that Jesus fulfilled the Old Testament promises about the Messiah. Now, now between the close of the Old Testament and the beginning of the New Testament, 400 years have passed. 400 years have passed since the last Old Testament prophecy about the Messiah that will come. And and the Jews were still waiting for the Messiah to come and to save them. And so Matthew here, he begins his his gospel in verse 1 by saying the book of the genealogy of Jesus Christ, the son of David, the son of Abraham. Now, When we read Jesus Christ, we we might think Jesus is his first name and Christ is his last name. But Christ is a title. It's not his name. It's it's a title. Christ is the New Testament word for Messiah, Mashiach in the Old Testament. In Luke chapter 2, when the angel announced the birth of Jesus to the shepherds watching their flock by night. You guys know the Christmas story, right? The shepherds in the field watching their flock by night. The angel said to the shepherds, for there is born to you this day in the city of David, who is Christ, the Lord, who is Messiah. The Messiah has been born in the city of David. This Messiah that's promised throughout the Old Testament has come. He's been born to you in the city of David, the city of Bethlehem. In John chapter 1, verse 41, when Andrew told his brother, Simon Peter, about Jesus, he said, we have found the Messiah. And then John adds, adds a note for us and says, which is translated the Christ. We have found the Messiah, which is translated the Christ in the New Testament. Uh, when Jesus was with his disciples at a place called Caesarea Philippi in the northern part of, of Israel, remember, he asked his disciples, who do men say that I am? 
And then he asked specifically, who do you say that I am? And Peter answered, you are the Christ of God. You're the Messiah of God. You're the, you're the promised one from the Old Testament. Christ means Messiah. And so look at verse 1 again. Matthew begins his gospel by giving us the genealogy of Jesus, the Messiah. This promised one from the Old Testament. Again, he's writing to Jews to show them that Jesus is the Messiah, the promised one from the Old Testament. Pastor Dan will share the second half of today's message in just a moment. But first, he'd like to take a moment to tell you how you can receive prayer for your needs. Do you need prayer today? Every week we receive prayer requests from our listeners. If you need prayer for anything at all, we would like to pray for you right now. You can share your prayer request with us through our website, calvaryec.com. Again, that's calvaryec.com or through our church app or by calling us at 410-491-4592. And can I ask you to pray for us as well? Pray for the Ring of Truth radio ministry as we bring the Word of God to those who need it. Thanks, Pastor Dan, and thank you for praying. Now, let's finish today's message. Now, there are books that instruct you on preparing a sermon uh, or public speaking, or giving a speech. And those books tell you, you should begin your speech or your sermon with a compelling story or a funny joke to draw in the audience, to capture their attention. I obviously don't subscribe to that, uh, but neither did Matthew. <laughs> Matthew begins <clears throat> with a long list of names that are difficult to pronounce that you might likely skip over when you're reading it. Just go down to verse 17. So why does Matthew begin with a genealogy? Why does the New Testament begin with a genealogy? Well, remember, he's writing to a Jewish audience, and he's claiming Jesus is their long-awaited Messiah and King that is promised to them in the Hebrew Scriptures. And so the first thing Matthew needs to do is establish the credentials of Jesus. He needs to establish his credentials. For the Jews, that means Matthew needs to prove that Jesus descended from Abraham and from King David. Before a Jewish audience will consider anything else Matthew says about Jesus, before they listen to anything about Jesus' teachings or his miracles, Matthew needs to establish that Jesus descended from Abraham and David. If he can't do that, conversation's over. So verse 1, the book of the genealogy of Jesus the Messiah, he's the son of David and the son of Abraham. Matthew declares Jesus is the Messiah and that he descended from David and Abraham, and then Matthew gives the genealogy from Abraham to David and from David to Jesus in verses 2 to 16. He lays out the proof to his audience. Now, genealogies were important to the Jewish people. They kept extensive genealogical records. We find several genealogies in the Old Testament. 
In the New Testament, Paul warned Timothy and Titus about getting into disputes about genealogies. That was a thing, apparently. The Jews memorized genealogies. Now think about that for a second. Most of us skip the genealogies in the Bible. The Jews memorized them. In fact, look down at verse 17. Verse 17 says, So all the generations from Abraham to David are 14 generations. From David until the captivity in Babylon are 14 generations. And from the captivity in Babylon until the Christ are 14 generations. Matthew breaks this genealogy down into three sets of 14. Why? It's a memorization technique. It's a mnemonic device. So he lays it out here so it's easier for the reader to memorize these names. He expects us to memorize it. He's trying to make it easier for us to memorize it by laying it out in 14, 14, 14. Huh. The Jews kept all of their genealogical records in a building at the temple in Jerusalem. It was kind of like the National Archives building in Washington, D.C., and they kept all of the genealogical records in one of the buildings that were in the temple complex there in Jerusalem. When the temple was destroyed in 70 A.D., all of the genealogical records of the Jews were lost. That's significant because no genealogical records exist that can trace the ancestry of any Jew living today back to David, Or back to Abraham. So for Jews who still look for the Messiah. Who don't believe that Jesus is their Messiah. And they're still looking for the Messiah. There's no way to verify the lineage back to David. Jesus is the last person we can trace back to David. And the Messianic line. Jesus is the only one who can prove his claim to be a son of David and a son of Abraham. Isn't that interesting? Now, today, if you, if, you were, if you were to talk to some Orthodox Jews, not all Orthodox Jews, but if you talk to some Orthodox Jews and to ask them, hey, well, what about the genealogy of the Messiah? How are you going to know the Messiah when he comes? You don't have any genealogical records. How are you going to know he's going to be a son of David and a son of Abraham? Some Orthodox Jews will tell you, well, God will know his genealogy. We don't need to know his genealogy. And they will tell you, we will know the Messiah because he will rebuild our temple and allow us to start our sacrifices again, which Daniel chapter nine tells us the Antichrist is going to do that. Right. And so. You just what do you do with that? (laughs) I don't know. So verse one again. We have the genealogy of Jesus the Christ, the son of David, the son of Abraham, the Messiah. Whoever the Messiah is, he must be a descendant of King David. And the Gospel of Matthew uh, refers to Jesus as the son of David ten times. In 2 Samuel, God promised King David that one of his descendants will rule upon his throne Forever and will have an everlasting kingdom. That's why he must be 
a descendant of David. Let's turn over to 2 Samuel, and we'll look at those verses together so you can see them in your own Bible. 2 Samuel chapter 7, and we'll just look at a few verses in this passage. 2 Samuel chapter 7, verse 12, the Lord is speaking to King David and says to him in verse 12, when your days are fulfilled and you rest with your fathers, I will set up your seed after you who will come from your body and I will establish his kingdom. He shall build a house for my name and I will establish the throne of his kingdom forever. Look down in verse 16. And your house and your kingdom shall be established forever before you. Your throne shall be established forever. God promised David an an everlasting kingdom, that one of his descendants would sit upon the throne, upon David's throne forever, and have an everlasting kingdom. A few other verses for you. You don't have to turn there. You can just listen. Jeremiah chapter 23, verse 5. Jeremiah 23, 5. Behold, the days are coming, says the Lord, that I will raise to David a branch of righteousness. A king shall reign and prosper and execute judgment and righteousness in the earth. So a branch that will come from David, a branch of righteousness. Speaking of the Messiah. Jeremiah 33, verses 15 to 17. In those days and at that time, I will cause to grow up to David a branch of righteousness. He shall execute judgment and righteousness in the earth. And those days Judah will be saved. It's going to be a savior. And Jerusalem will dwell safely. And this is the name by which she will be called the Lord our righteousness. For thus says the Lord, David shall never lack a man to sit on the throne of the house of of Israel. So there's the promise again. David shall never lack a man to sit on his throne. Isaiah chapter 9, verses 6 and 7, verses that we hear at Christmas time, that we read on Christmas cards. Isaiah 9, verses 6 and 7, you know them. For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government will be upon his shoulder. And his name will be called Wonderful Counselor. Isn't Jesus a wonderful counselor? Mighty God, Everlasting Father, and the Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and peace, there will be no end. Upon the throne of David and over his kingdom, to order it and establish it with judgment and justice from that time forward, even forever. For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given. I always think of Handel's Messiah when I read those verses. You know, unto us a child is born, right? The child was born to Mary. The child was given by God. God gave his only begotten son. In Luke's gospel, when the angel Gabriel announced to Mary that she would have a child, the angel said to her, and behold, You will conceive in your womb and bring forth a son and shall call his name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the son of the highest. And the Lord God will give him the throne of his father, David. Speaking of Jesus. Now, this will be fulfilled when Jesus comes again to the earth 
the second time as the King of kings and Lord of lords. And from that time, he will reign on David's throne forever. He asked me how I know, and I say, bring truer than the finest crystal. You've been listening to Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton. Pastor Dan has been teaching through the book of Matthew, the first book in the New Testament. Pastor Dan has more to share with you next time, but if you have any questions or would like to talk to us and have any prayer requests, we'd love to hear from you. You can reach us at 410-491-4592. The number again is 410-491-4592. You can also get in touch with us by visiting our website. Go to calvaryec.com and look under the About tab, then click on Contact. You're welcome to submit prayer requests on our website, too. If you're interested in finding additional messages from this series, you can access those at calvaryec.com as well, under the Media tab. Have you connected with a local church? If not, we encourage you to find a church family. It will help guide and support you in your faith. If you're in the area, please join us at Calvary Chapel, Ellicott City in Columbia, Maryland. For more details, visit calvaryec.com. Our website is a great place to find out what we believe. And you can also get to know Pastor Dan a little more. Feel free to explore and learn more at calvaryec.com. In our next edition, you'll have the opportunity to gain some additional insights from this New Testament book. Pastor Dan will help bring some things to light for you right here on Ring of Truth. I see the signs and I recognize the hands that crack. General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.